Are you tired of using low-quality bags to pick up after your dog? Do you get dog poop all over your hand when cleaning up their mess? What you need is a mutt mitt, a strong two-ply bag that makes it super-duper easy and hygienic to pick up your dog's waste. Check it out on muttmittsisland.ie. Mutt mitts, better than a bag. Proud sponsor of the Big Bark Podcast. It's the Big Bark with the latest of the canines. The Big Bark, all the doggiest headlines. With your hosts, Dara, Millie, Roxy, and Bruno. They're the kind of dogs that you know. It's time to talk about health, nutrition, training. Talk with canine professionals, owners, and dogs. It's the Big Bark, the Big Bark, all the canine stories for you. And hello and you're very welcome back to the Big Bear Podcast and I am your human host, Dara Burke, and I'm joined, as always, by my canine co-hosts Bruno, Roxy and Millie, who are, if I had a camera I'd show you, all sound asleep. They do this thing in the morning, they have this like morning nap uh, that they seem to have nearly every morning after breakfast. Um, after they go and do the business and everything, they come back in and they fall asleep. And all three of them are sound asleep here on the floor, which means that I will actually get this recorded without any barking or any, I suppose, any noise. Now, okay, uh, what have we got coming up on the show today? Well, first off, it's been two weeks since we were on. Apologies for that. Uh, had a few technical issues last week, so couldn't really make it last week. And... Well, okay, this week uh, we have, later on coming up, we have Dr. Ashley Bugler from Treaty Vets uh, coming on to talk to us on the Health Hub, all about parasites and, I suppose, mites and ticks and how to prevent them, and she's going to be chatting to us a bit later on all about that. Uh, we also have Samantha Rawson from the Canaan College. Samantha is going to be talking to us all about holiday preparation and the things that you need to consider if you're taking a doggy away on holidays. So, as you can guess, we're, I suppose, a real summer kind of feel to this because we haven't exactly had a summer all, all like, I suppose, all summer. But this month, well, today we're going to talk a lot about the summer. And... Roxy, I suppose, Bruno and Millie, they all love going off out into the fields. They love being out and about. And we have a few, uh, I suppose, Shetland ponies. There two Shetland ponies and two foals that are staying outside in our field at the moment, outside grazing. And Roxy, I was all, I was actually very concerned at first. But when I saw Roxy run into him, I was like, oh my God, she's going to get a kick in the face. Oh, Jesus, they're going to kick her. But it was actually... Really cool, because Roxy went up to the white little folders there and went right up to the fold's nose. And the two of them were just like butting nose together. And I swear, I wish I got on camera because it was one of the cutest things that I've ever, ever seen before. And, well, like, yeah, it was like just so cute. But she's been getting up to loads of development uh, with the horses being there. Unfortunately, Roxy has dirty habits as well. And I'm wondering if there's anyone else out there who has a little small dog or any kind of dog at all that likes to go out and pick up shite. A big pile, walking into the house there one day last week, a big pile of horse shite she walked in with, a big lump of it in her mouth. 
And yeah, Roxy has these dirty old habits. So don't you, Roxy? She's actually kind of waking up now and she's getting a bit hyper with her little donkey teddy there. I think this is why she likes the horses so much because she seems to love this donkey teddy and like just tune it up and then she sees a real life what she thinks is a donkey, but she doesn't realize that they can giggle. Uh, we'll take a break this week from the, I suppose, the mental health segment. We will have that back in, I suppose, a week or two. Uh, we're just trying to line up a few more people for that. So we're going to have that coming back up in the next couple of weeks. And in the meantime, I suppose, it's going to be a short enough show today. It's not going to be that long. Uh, not as long as our previous shows. So our last show was, I think, an hour and a half, our last episode was. So this is going to be probably around the 30-minute, 40-minute mark. And that way then I can go off this morning and take our lovely doggies walkies. So actually, with that being said, let's move on to our first segment. And that is with Ashley Bugler from Tree Vets in uh, Limerick and Shannon. So, yeah, uh, this actually was just something that was recorded earlier this morning. So... I'll be right back to you. You can listen in and I'll be back to you after this. If you have a pet in need of a vet or do you need some health advice for your four-legged friend, whether it's for a regular checkup, microchipping, vaccinations or critical urgent care, you can rest assured knowing that your pet is in loving hands at Treaty Veterinary Clinic Limerick and Shannon. Providing care for your pet since 1986, at Treaty Vets, your pet is our priority. Call our 24-hour number 061-328-511 or make an appointment through our website www.treatyveterinaryclinic.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram, Treaty Veterinary Clinic. Proud sponsors of the Health Hub on the Big Bark. And we're back on the Health Hub again this week with Ashley from Treaty Vets. Ashley, big welcome back to the show. Thanks, Sarah. It's great to be on again. We all know about like the ticks and fleas and mites so i suppose there are people out there who don't know much about them who might be a first-time dog owner for example so today we're going to talk about about, uh, parasites in dogs great so yeah parasites are very common in dogs so i think there's there's two main families of parasites you have your internal parasites and you have your external parasites so the external parasites are the ones you were mentioning are your fleas your ticks your mites but then we also have internal parasites. So I might start with those um, internal parasites in Ireland. It's different around the world, but in Ireland, we have roundworms, hookworms, whipworms, tapeworms and lungworms. So all these parasites can live in your inside in your dog's body and you won't see them and you might not even see any signs of them. So like roundworms, they live in the small intestine. The eggs are passed out in the feces. Dogs come kind of become infected by they can, the, the, the eggs are very strong. They, they're very resilient they live in the environment. Dogs can become infected kind of eating undercooked meat or small mammals or even just from kind of poor hygiene. So, um, and then they also, these the puppies can get them through their mother's milk or through the, in their uterus, through the placenta. So a lot of puppies are born with these worms. So we need to treat them from early on in life. Um, and the, these roundworms affect all dogs and all dogs should be wormed four times a year. When you worm your dog, it's, it, there's, it isn't long lasting. So when you worm your dog with a worming tablet, it, it kind of kills the worms that are there. But if there's eggs or, you know, they can get reinfected. So it's important to worm your dog at least four times a year. Kind of newer studies coming out now, especially if you're in a household where there's children that might be playing kind of with your dogs or um, if you have a lot of dogs, say, in a, in a household, they're kind of saying, actually, we, we should probably consider worming our dogs every month. 
because as I said, it's just killing the worms that are there. It's not preventing worms. So if you want to make sure your dog isn't shedding eggs or worms in the environment, it's, you know, or if you've got young children or if you're just very kind of, you want to be very careful about this, you worm your dog every month. We do know like the roundworms, they are zoonotic and that means they can pass to humans. So if you want to be very sure that you're not like, you know, if you want to be very careful, we kind of, there's going to be more studies coming up on this all the time. We don't really know enough about it, but we do know that roundworms, they're very, very resilient to the environment. They do pass to humans. So at the very minimum, you want to worm your dog four times a year. And if you want to be very careful, you can worm your dog every month. There's no problem with overworming. As I said, it just kills what's there. There's no preventative effect. So hookworm then is very similar to roundworms, um, but that can cause bloody diarrhea. Kind of, They kind of bite into the, the wall of your gut and that can cause bloody diarrhea. But the treatment is the same, kind of worm your dog four times a year. Whipworm, again, very common, up to 10% in dogs of Ireland, but in, uh, of dogs in Ireland will have whipworm. That lives in the cecum. It's kind of between where your small intestine and the large intestine meet. Again, very common. Um, tapeworm is a very common one. And tapeworm is kind of important to remember because it's involved with the flea. They're they're kind of they help each other. So the the flea and the lice, they're intermediate hosts. So the the feces the segments of the tapeworm are passing the feces, and then the fleas or the lice, they eat those segments. And then the dogs ingest the fleas or the lice when they're licking themselves, and then they get infected with tapeworm. So it's a very common one again, and it's one that a lot of them kind of over-the-counter worming products don't cover. So you, or it's the spot-ons, a lot of the spot-ons that people are buying over the counter, they don't cover for tapeworm a lot of the time. So and and, and it's so common, it's so you know, it, it's not it's not a nice it's not a nice worm at all. But sometimes we even see the little segments on the dog's bum where they're coming out in the feces. So definitely want to be, make sure you're you're you know you're, you're giving a good a good worming tablet four times a year to kind of treat for tapeworm. And then I suppose one that when one worm that we're seeing more and more of, and one that's very you know genuine genuinely very dangerous for dogs is a lungworm. So lungworm they get this from eating kind of slugs or frogs or mice or rats that are infected with it, or the slime kind of. Uh, we know in Ireland, I know myself, a lot of food boiled out in the yard or whatever. The slugs and the snails they they go all over, it and you'll see the trail of slime. That slime can be infected with lungworm. And if your dogs are licking or eating out of dirty water bowls or food bowls, they can ingest the parasite through that slime. So very important that we're kind of keeping up to our hygiene and keeping that mindful. But the problem with lungworm is it's it, it kind of it's it's obviously in the lungs, causes can cause things like coughing, exercise intolerance, panting, difficulty breathing. But it's not it's not just that. It can cause a problem with clotting. So it can cause the dog not to be able to clot blood properly. And obviously that is very dangerous. You can see bleeding and bruising and things like that. So um in endemic areas, in areas where lungworm is very common in certain parts of the country, you know, we'd be advising to worm your dog monthly to prevent against that. Um, but again, kind of around where we are, Limerick, four times a year should be fine unless we've got a kind of a high index of suspicion, maybe a working dog or something like that. And I suppose then that's kind of a lot of the, the internal worms. I mean, heartworm is kind of mentioned a lot, but it's actually not currently in Ireland. But obviously, if you're taking your dog, you know, abroad in a camper van or with you over to France in your car, um, it's very common in France, Spain, Italy, kind of the Mediterranean. So Irish dogs that are traveling abroad would be at risk of it. So making sure, again, regular worming treatment. And then the only other kind of main one I want to point out is a thing called Giardia. So that's a microscopic parasite. It kind of embeds itself in the lining of the gut. It's very common. You'll find it in every county in Ireland. Very, very common. Partic puppies in particular can be prone to it. 
um, and it, it can cause bad diarrhea and weight loss, poor thriving, things like that. And your regular worming tablet that you're giving kind of regularly won't treat for that. So we do often test for it. We send away a fecal sample to test for it to see, you know, do we have a problem with Giardia? Because you kind of need three to five days of a particular worming treatment to treat for that because of kind of the way it's embedded in the gut wall. It takes a bit longer to kind of treat it. And so they're kind of the main internal parasites, I suppose. And then I suppose what you were saying, Dara, kind of the external parasites, then I suppose, like you said, a lot of people know about them. So you have your fleas, your ticks and your mites. And they're the the most common. So, I mean, ticks, um, there's about 900 species all around the world. We kind of have two main species in Ireland and then one in particular, the Ixodus rhynchus, it's called. And it is quite common. I mean, we see ticks all the time. And it's as you said, it's in long grass. People going walking in, you know, in fields or up the hills. It's very, very common. Even on, on yourself, make sure you're always checking your own legs to see have you got any friends coming home with you. Um, but with the problem with dogs, I suppose, especially kind of dark colored dogs or any dogs with long hair, you won't see these ticks. You know, they'll, they, they're tiny when they, when they latch on. And it's only when they bite and they fill up with blood that we then see them. So again, with ticks, re- it really is prevention is better. You know, we do have to, so it, I was saying about the worming, it, that there's no, it's kind of just you're treating it. Whereas with the, with fleas, ticks and mites, we can actually prevent these things. So we have a product that we, we, we have kind of, there's two main products. So the first one is you give your dog an adult, you can use it in adult dogs and you give it every three months and it will prevent fleas, ticks and mites for those three months. So the tick will bite and then it will fall off once it's, once it's bitten and, um, and, it doesn't give it enough time to transmit any diseases. So like obviously a lot of people have heard of Lyme disease and stuff like that. Ticks can transmit diseases. The most common kind of thing is that it'll just cause a fever. So a high temperature and then, you know, a kind of a viral illness. Um, but you don't want that for your dog. So very important that we prevent the ticks. So you just give this product four times a year same as your worming, we kind of make it, try and make it easy for people. You give your worming tablet and your, your kind of, you know, your external parasite tablet. You give them together and then you're done. Four times a year, you treat your pet for parasites. So with the ticks particularly, I think that's really important because you then you can rest easy. You can go for your walks, go in long grass. You don't need to be checking your dog every day. If you don't want to prevent these things, if you don't want to treat, you know, give these, these tablets to your dog, then you need to be checking your dog after every single walk, checking all their legs, under their arms, behind their ears, Every single place you can think of around their bum where ticks might latch on because we need to get, we, we, you have to physically remove them. So kind of the trick with ticks is to kind of twist them anti-clockwise because when they bite in, they kind of latch on and you kind of have to twist them anti-clockwise to get them off. Um, but it's not easy. So, and if you, you can break them off and leave the little head in the skin. So if you think you're not going to be able to do it, just call in and we'll do it for you. Um, because you can buy little tools as well that helps. They kind of latch on to the tick and you can twist the little the little handle of it and it helps to remove them. So if you want to go down that road, absolutely go for it. But you just need to be very, very vigilant. Um, and then I suppose fleas, everyone I suppose knows about fleas. They're very crafty. They're very, very clever. Um, the, I suppose the main thing that I kind of find people don't understand is that fleas, they actually, 90% of them will be living off the host. So if your dog has fleas and you see the odd flea on your dog, like 90% of those fleas are living in your house. So they're kind of in the floorboards, they're in the couch, they're in the bed. Um, so not alone, if you, if you if your dog does get fleas, again, it's preventable by giving this tablet four times a year um, or there's monthly products available too. Um, you can give, or any, like a lot, like most of the over-the-counter spot-on, they, they do prevent, prevent fleas too. So like there is kind of, yeah, fleas are very preventable. But if your dog does get fleas, it can take up to 12 weeks to get rid of them. 
and it's not just about treating the dog it's about treating the house as well so you often have to kind of hot wash all the bedding all the cushion covers all that kind of thing and then a special spray that you spray around the house to kill the the fleas that are not on the dog and the eggs kind of stop the eggs from hatching so fleas i think i suppose with fleas again it's prevention you know if your dog is got has a flea infestation they're very uncomfortable they're itching they're over grooming and the fleas will bite the humans too. So we have some people come in and they have flea bites. And that's quite often the first sign that their dog is carrying a little, you know, a little passenger. So again, prevention, they're hard to get rid of. It's at least 12 weeks of treatment and, and kind of treating the house and everything. And they're not inert, like they cause infections and stuff. And the flea bites, your dog will be over grooming, causing, can, can cause skin infections and things like that. So very important to prevent fleas. Like it, they are easy preventable. So that's that's an important thing to do really for the welfare of your dog and um, and then the other main one i suppose is mites so people might have heard of scabies or mange that's kind of their kind of names we call them but there, there's kind of two main types of mites so there's the demodex mites and then there is the sarcoptes mite so the sarcoptes mite is the kind of the, the kind of the one for mange the scabies mite and um, that is we often see that in dogs and um, that maybe aren't that don't have the best immune system or kind of aren't um, it's common in dogs that maybe have come from a poorer background. So um, maybe that have been, um, that have gotten lost and they're, they've been on their own for a while or they've just come from a poor breeding situation perhaps. Um, and that it's, it's an awful mite. It, you know, it really, really damages the skin barrier um, because it's, it's intensely itchy and can set up a huge infection in the skin and, and can be hard it can be hard to prove that it's there and um, we have to do tests to prove that it's there skin scrapes um, and you won't always find it but you'll often have a high index of suspicion that it's there um, and treatment yeah again is, is kind of there's a, there's a there's a couple of different ways to treat it um, but often it's kind of treating it topically every two weeks there's shampoos there's oral treatments um, but definitely that's one you don't want again preventable with your regular um parasite treatments again is preventable so that's definitely one you don't want your dog to pick up is is the kind of scabies mite and the other mite then is called demodex and that's a mite that actually i suppose the main thing is we all have mites so like we have mites in our hair all dogs will have mites in their skin and they're commensal which means they're normal so we all have a certain level of our own mites and even there's house mites and dust mites they're everywhere we can't completely avoid them um but a certain level is healthy and natural and it's part of the kind of natural skin um barrier but there this demodex mite it can overgrow so maybe in puppies that aren't that don't have a fully developed immune system or in dogs that their their immune system is is out of whack for one reason or another the demodex mites then can kind of overgrow and they can cause a problem um and they they they're again intensely itchy that they do cause a lot of skin infections and irritation so and um, they're they can be there. And again, they're hard to prove that they're there. Um, but again, very preventable by giving, you know, your your treatments monthly or 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 you know, four times a year. But again, one thing to remember with the with the mites. So a lot of your over-the-counter treatments that you might buy in the pet shop or even in the supermarket, and um, a lot of them are spot on. They will often treat they'll, they'll, a lot of them, they're for fleas, they'll treat fleas fine. Some of them will do ticks, but I don't think a lot of them will do your mites. So um, because they bury so deep into the skin, it's a particular product that you need to prevent and treat those. Um, so I, I I, have and I have also just a word, I suppose, on over the counter treatments. I have seen a couple of dogs kind of getting skin kind of irritation and burning even from some of the especially the kind of 
uh, ones that you might buy on Amazon. Um, I've seen a few people buying um, spot-on treatments on Amazon and causing, they, they actually are burning the skin. You don't know what you're buying. So I think if you're going to go to the bother and the effort, you know, it's, it's effort to make sure your dog is well protected against these things. So if you're going to go to the effort, I would try and buy a reputable product that is prescribed for your dog. I would be wary of buying over-the-counter products because they, they probably will treat fleas as a minimum. They might, they might prevent ticks. A lot of them won't. And I, I think very few of them will do your mite. So, um, and and then they can do do harm. You don't really know. I mean, if you buy them in the pet shop, they're probably not going to do harm. But if you're buying them off the internet, I'd be very very careful. Um, because I've seen people even buying the 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 flea collars and they're burning a full ring around the dog's neck. Um, they're very dangerous. So just buy your products from a reputable um vendor. Um, and 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 just read the back of the packet. What are you treating for, and what are you preventing? Make sure you're covering fleas, ticks, and mites. Um, and that obviously that it's a, and that you're giving your dog a regular worming product as well. So I suppose to keep it simple, four times a year with the appropriate product. Worming is four times a year, definitely as a minimum. Um, with your ectoparasites, your external parasites, you want to be treating them. It it depends on the product. So some products are monthly, some products are every three months. Um, and I suppose it would make it easy if you do get the one that's every three months because then it's kind of you're treating you've one tablet for your worms, one tablet for your fleas, ticks and mites every three months and then you're done. You can mark it on your calendar. It's very easy to do. A lot, we now we send out text messages. So a lot of vets are probably doing this as well, wherever you're based. Um, if you buy if you if you want to get your dog onto a regular um, preventative treatment plan. You just your your vet will send you a text message. We do this. We send a text message four times a year to remind owners. Oh, your your dog is due free ticks at my treatment, worm treatment. Pop in and collect it, and it'll be there for them ready. And it just makes things easy. Everyone's very busy, and um, it's very easy to forget to do this thing. So either mark it on your calendar, put a reminder in your phone, or ask your vet to send you a text message four times a year to remind you to do this thing. So all these things are preventable. So I think, yeah, in this, I suppose if you have a dog, it's important that you prevent these parasites because they're not they're not benign. They do cause problems. They do cause skin infections, irritations, itchiness, and they can bite you as well. So important that we're preventing these things. And as I said, once you kind of get used to the idea of doing it four times a year, very preventable and it's the way to go. Fantastic, Ashley. That's brilliant advice. And we'll leave it there for today. And thanks once again for thanks, joining Sarah. me on the Health Hub today, Ashley. And we'll have you back on brilliant, again. Brilliant, Thank you. See you soon. Do you have a pet in need of a vet or do you need some health advice for your four-legged friend? Whether it's for a regular checkup, microchipping, vaccinations or critical urgent care, you can rest assured knowing that your pet is in loving hands at Treaty Veterinary Clinic Limerick and Shannon. Providing care for your pet since 1986, at Treaty Vets, your pet is our priority. Call our 24-hour number 061-328-511 or make an appointment through our website www.treatyveterinaryclinic.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram Treaty Veterinary Clinic proud sponsors of the Health Hub on the Big Bark And a big thanks again to Ashley from Treaty Vets there for joining us today on the Big Bark and Roxy has really woken up now. Roxy has decided she's going to start tearing up papers and tearing up everything that she can get a pause on. Um, I suppose, given that we're talking about summer this week, uh, like, 
one of the most important things to remember. Now, I know we haven't had a huge amount of heat this summer, but apparently we're scheduled for some hot weather this week. I'll believe it when I see it, to be honest, because it doesn't exactly seem like we're getting any sort of a summer this year. But you see it every single year, people leaving their car, leaving their dogs in roasting hot cars, no windows open, no water, nothing. Now, there's been plenty of vets, including our pals over at Tree Vets, that will warn you time and time again about this. Do not leave your dogs in a hot car for for any length of time, really. If, they, if it's too hot, and if you have a way not to take them, then don't take them with you in the car. Because look at how fast a car can heat up. With the windows closed, your dog can suffocate in minutes. I'm surprised that Roxy doesn't suffocate with all the paper bags and everything that she chews up. But in a in a hot car, you really shouldn't let your dog on their own for for any length of time. Like I'm just gonna bring up here a couple of tips: uh, dogs in cars, summer. I'm not actually very prepared for today's show, to be honest. Um, Okay, what is too hot for a dog in a car? Uh, God, that's American. Like, okay, here here we go. Leaving a car in, leave a dog in a, what do you do? Okay, so what do you do if you see a dog in a hot car? Now, I have seen time and time again people saying, I'd break the window. Don't do not do that uh, for the same reason. We will not encourage uh, violence and, I suppose, criminal damage. I've said it myself when I see it happen. But, look, official advice is to ring the guards. And it's an emergency situation. The police can advise you what to do based on the situation. And the police could attend and actually break into the car too to gain access to the dogs. Or they may advise you to do this. And if they advise you to do it, grant, you're covered. So, okay. Just take pictures as well. Uh, videos of the dogs in distress and the names of phone numbers of anyone who witnesses. Heat stroke is something that actually must maybe chat to Ashley or Siobhan outside the vets the next day. Heat stroke is something that is very, very, very serious and animals ain't locked in a car they can suffer heat stroke in minutes so that's even with the windows open so if you see dogs in distress so you are watching for the likes of collapse or tiredness excessive panting dribbling really increased heart rate your advice if okay if it's not in a car if it's your own if it's your own dog maybe move them into a cool place get them water wet their coat with cool water and call a vet ASAP so there has been over the last number of years in the UK especially a campaign called dog starring hot cars campaign it's a hashtag so uh, as you can hear Millie there uh, Roxy there has really woken up it's it's getting hard with three dogs so Especially when she's interrupting the podcast. Roxy, come over here, Roxy. Come over here and join in. Come on. Come over here. I'm going to try and get Roxy over here. She's chewing up a box now. This is the um, What Did Roxy Do This Week segment. Right now, she's been born and chewing up a box from Boots. Roxy, stop. 
Okay, Roxy's not going to stop. So on that note, I think the best way to get Roxy to stop is that we move on to our next segment. And that is with Samantha Rawson uh, from the Canine College. And Samantha's going to be talking all about, I suppose, holiday preparation. And if you're going abroad with your dog, what do you need to think of? If you're going to the UK, different, she is carrying the box over to me now. Mother of God. I definitely have to get a video of this. Anyway, uh, here's Samantha and the Canine College uh, while I try and calm my crazy puppy down. Clever Canines on the Big Bark is brought to you by the Canine College, run by champion dog trainer Samantha Rawson, a regular contributor to RT Radio and Television. Samantha is a certified canine behaviour consultant and with 30 years experience in the field, she has the knowledge and understanding to help any dog. Our services include individual dog training from basic to competition standards, assessments and behaviour consultations. The Canine College is set on five acres with a secure paddock and an indoor classroom. See thecaninecollege.ie or find us on Facebook for more information. And would you know, looking out the window, you wouldn't really think it's like summer in Ireland, but I suppose we're still here today to talk about holiday plans and maybe going abroad, whether it's summer and the sun actually is. And to do that, we're joined by Samantha Rawson from the Canaan College. Samantha, thanks so much for joining us. Despite all the rain, it doesn't look like we're getting much of a summer here ourselves, are we? No, not really. I, I think today was nice. I think the weekend's supposed to be a bit dicey. And then apparently next week it's to get better again. So maybe next week. Hopefully, hopefully, because we're now in August yeah. and rain, rain, yeah. rain. Warm yeah. rain, though. So at least, like, it's something. Yeah, warm. yeah, warm rain, yeah. So, Samantha, okay, like, uh, today we want to look at, I suppose, especially when you look at taking a dog abroad and all the different things and just even going on holidays in general, even in Ireland, like, there's so many things that you have to prepare for so what I want you to do is like kind of just talk us through uh, a bit about what you have to be prepared for okay I suppose let's talk about Ireland first so I suppose whether it's Ireland or abroad to make sure your microchip details are up to date make sure your dog is wearing a collar and identification disc with your phone number on it and if you're going abroad your international phone number on it um, so it's really important to, to have the international um, code on the, the disc. Um, but all dogs are required by law to wear a collar and disc. So even if they're microchipped, they must still wear a collar and disc. Um, safety, I suppose, is the most important thing that if you're going somewhere new that the dog is not familiar with. I personally wouldn't let the dog off the lead unless it had a very good recall. So if I wanted to give the dog some freedom, I would put him on a long line. Um, or a retractable lead if you're in a forest or a field. The other very important thing to remember, Dara, is that when you're in a new environment, dogs are naturally curious. And um, you've got to be mindful that there might be livestock around or squirrels or wild deer or anything that might take the dog's attention and off it goes. And you don't know where you are. It's a new location and neither does the dog. So personally, I don't think I would let a dog off in a new location unless it had a fabulous recall. Um, The other thing to be mindful of if you're going abroad is are your vaccinations up to date and dogs going abroad must have a rabies vaccination. And as far as I know, rabies vaccinations need to be given at least maybe two months before travel. 
So you really need to, if you're thinking of traveling with your dog, you really need to make sure it has a rabies vaccination. And uh, within Europe now, and because Britain is now an ex-European country, it's not in the European Union, um, you need a pet passport. So pet passports are obviously issued by the Department of Agriculture. Um, So they uh, need to be applied for well in advance. So if you're thinking of going abroad, you have to do a lot of planning. But vaccinations, your pet passport, your travel documents. And now there are new requirements between Britain and Ireland because Britain is no longer an EU country. There are new requirements. So as far as I know, dogs have to be wormed three days before they arrive back in Ireland. And that worm worming tablet or worming vaccination has to be given by a vet in the UK. You can't just give the dog a worm tablet yourself and say, yeah, I've complied with the regulations. It has to be signed off by a vet. So maybe go on to gov.ie and um, have a look at their requirements um, and then even have a look at the UK Department of Agriculture, um, which uh, I think is... I'll have to look it up. If you just look up the the Department of Agriculture website, um, they give the details about the um, the British one as well. So you must uh, you must give notice of your intention to travel, and you must have all your documents up to date, and you must have a rabies vaccine if you're traveling outside Ireland to Britain or the or the EU. Um, so that's really important. Um, because you, you could be turned back. You could arrive down at Russell Airport or wherever you're going and be turned back if you don't have your vaccinations and your documentation um, up to date or, or vice versa. You might get back into the country if, you're, if your vaccinations and your documentation isn't, isn't up to standard. So just be mindful of that. Um, I suppose the other thing to be aware of from the dog's point of view is consistency of their bed. So it's really important to maybe if, a dog is crate trained or if it has its own bed that you bring the dog's bed with you. So there must be consistency between your home and the place you're traveling. Um, so that's really important. So so consistency of kind of the home environment. Um, and also think about if your dog is not used to being left in a room by himself and maybe you're renting a house somewhere or you're staying in somebody else's house, is the dog going to be able to sleep in the bedroom with you? If not, is he trained or has he been taught how to cope in a room by himself? So an awful lot of people will bring dogs on holidays with them because the dog sleeps in the bedroom with them and they can't really leave them in kennels or they have some kind of separation issues. But but think about the practicalities. Are you going to be able to bring that dog everywhere with you? Or at some stage, must he be left in a room by himself or even in the car by himself? So that's why crates are a really good idea. If you can get your dog used to being crate trained or even behind a baby gate, you can bring a crate with you on holidays or you can even bring a baby gate with you on holidays that you could use in, in some kind of rented accommodation. So that's really, really important. And Samantha, I suppose, like, what about, like, when you look at nowadays, you see like the send line advertising, mm. I suppose, pet friendly cabins as well yeah uh, like yeah es- especially like travel abroad you'd be looking at what's the best way to travel i suppose ferry if you have a if you have a dog it's probably the best way because like flights for a dog you obviously have to have yeah. a day and everything as well 
Yeah, I, I, my personal preference is to have a long ferry ride and a short drive. That's that's my personal preference. Um, because a dog stuck in a car for for a long time, they can get sick. Um, and you know, then you have to think about where am I going to pull in to let them out for a, a wee. Um, so I prefer dogs to have a long ferry ride so that they 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 sleep. So my dogs are trained to kind of sleep on a ferry. Because my dogs stay in the van. Personally, my dogs stay in the van and they sleep in the van. And then when we get off, I have it all planned where I know where the local park is. So the minute we get off the boat, we're straight into the local park. They get walked for an hour or so and then they're back in the car. And I try and make the, the car journey as short as possible. Um, so, but that's, that's down to personal preference. But again, if you were thinking of maybe doing a long haul, I would see if you could even bring the dogs to the UK for the weekend or, bring them, you know, in Ireland for a weekend and almost kind of do a, a dummy run to see how you get on. I certainly wouldn't bring a dog abroad if my dog couldn't go on holidays, maybe down to Kerry for a couple of days. So so do a dry run at home before you go abroad, because obviously going abroad, um, it's a lot more complicated. The other thing about going abroad is check out where your nearest vet is. Because as I say, you'll need your your worming and your vaccinations up to date. So you need to know where the nearest vet is to your location, to wherever you're staying. Um, and I, I think that goes kind of for safety anyway, because God forbid the dog gets sick or one of my dogs got an eye infection when I was over in the UK. Um, and I, I knew where the local vet was and we got sorted. So it's really important that you have some kind of veterinary service wherever you are staying. God forbid there is an emergency. Absolutely. I suppose another thing you have to look as well is like, is your dog like, you have to look at the age of your dog too. Is your dog physically able to actually go on the trip yeah, as well? that's Yeah, that's a really good point, Dara, because sometimes we think of what we want. We're not thinking, what does the dog want? So again, like one of my dogs is 13. Now, there's no way I'm going to put her in a van and ask her to go on a, you know, on a, a long journey or on a boat journey. So, you know, I wouldn't be bringing her on holidays. So I'd only be bringing a fit dog on holidays and if your dog has any kind of, um, you know, history of stress or trauma or it's a it's a new rescue dog or it's just had surgery or it's been ill, I wouldn't be bringing a dog like that on holidays. I would only be bringing a fit, healthy dog that's happy, that is going to be happy in whatever constraints they're going to have to tolerate for that duration. So and you have to prepare them. You can't just suddenly decide off we go and, you know, we'll bring the dog. You have to prepare the dog for the situation and also not to expect the dog to do anything that it hasn't already been trained for. So many years ago, I got a phone call from a man whose dog had kind of, I I don't know, barked at somebody while he was sitting outside a coffee shop on holidays. And I said to him, well, have you ever sat in a coffee shop at home? You know, have you ever brought the dog for coffee when you're at home? And he went, God, no, why would I do that? And I said, well, why would you suddenly expect a dog to sit quietly outside a coffee shop on holidays if you've never asked it to do exactly the same at home? So my point is he hadn't prepared the dog and yet he expected the dog to behave in some, you know, angelic fashion that he'd never expected before. Yeah, that's very, that's very true. Like you obviously, you like if you don't expect your dog to behave in some way when you're at home, like why would you expect the behave the same way when you're abroad Um, I suppose Samantha the one other thing that I want to bring up is like traditionally down through the years 
Ireland has not been, I suppose, like if you're hollering about in Ireland, hasn't been the most dog-friendly place. When you look at like the France and other countries in the mm. EU, they're a lot more dog-friendly. Mm. So if you're choosing a location abroad, what would be your recommendation in relation to that? Well, I suppose the thing, um, you know, France has a great reputation of of being very accommodating towards dogs, and so does Germany and and Holland as well. But the the thing that I have noticed about dogs abroad is they their owners don't expect other people to interact with them, so they literally go to the restaurant and lie under the table and are used to being ignored. So it's really important for dogs to learn to be ignored. So the idea is that your dog just lies under the table. You know, maybe the waitress will give your dog a bowl of water or whatever, but that it's not jumping to say hello to everybody that walks past the table. It it just knows, you know, you maybe give it a bed or give it a mat and it knows you lie there and you stay still for the duration of the meal. Now, most Irish dogs are not trained to that standard. So that's my point. You've got to prepare the dog for the eventuality. So if your dog can't kind of lie at your feet for, you know, 10 minutes or 20 minutes and build up to an hour or so, then I wouldn't I wouldn't try and bring that dog to a restaurant or, or to sit outside a coffee shop in Spain if it can't sit at home under your kitchen table at home for 20 minutes. You know, you're, you're just going to get yourself and the dog into an awful lot of unnecessary stress. So So think, is your dog capable of doing what you're going to want it to do on holidays? And if it's not capable of doing it, well, then maybe leave the dog at home. Maybe it's not going to work. Or maybe even get them used to doing that before you go here. Yeah, yeah. And and, and the lead-in period for that, Dara, if you're trying to train a dog to do anything, the lead-in period is about eight weeks. Um, and maybe maybe you could cut that down to six weeks or four weeks if you're a really good trainer and you have a great dog and you're going to do, you know, three or four training sessions a day. But you know, to, to your average dog, to train them to do something new. Um, with that level of distraction, it's it's not about whether the dog can do it or not, because when if the dog can do it at home, great. But it's about the level of distractions. And when you bring a dog into a new environment, it's going to be distracted. So it's whether it can cope with people passing by, with children passing by, with people dropping food, all that kind of stuff. Um so so be realistic about what your dog is actually capable of. Absolutely. And okay, Samantha, I think we'll leave it there for today. Uh, some very good tips there for anyone who's looking to take their dog, whether it be in Ireland or abroad, just I suppose remember like to make sure that you have your dog like useful situation before you go away. Yeah, and, and maybe check in with whatever establishment you are staying at to check in what their rules are around dogs and what what you know what their criteria is or what's acceptable or not acceptable. Um, so so check before you go. Check in what what's what the rules are. Fantastic, Samantha. And listen, Samantha, thanks ever so much again, Samantha Awesome from the Canaan College for joining me today on the Big Back. I managed to get Roxy to calm down, and here she is right next to me again now. Uh, are you going to back? Are you going to say hello to everybody? No, you're not. Okay, you're not. You're gone tired again after all. You're hyping us there for a few minutes. And while that segment was running there with Samantha, another one that we recorded earlier, by the way, just to let you know, most of our segments are recorded at different times just to suit our guests. And if you do want to be a guest on our show, we can definitely 
a range of time over Zoom or face to face or whatever you want to do, whatever way you want to record, we can definitely arrange like a very easy way and way to suit you to be on the show. Uh, so great advice there from Samantha, all about, especially if you're taking it out to your UK, to the UK, like remembering like some pet passports, vaccinations, anything like that. And if you're going abroad, like, and when you're coming back, just remember that you have to get your dog vaccinated before you come back too. So yeah, it's been a real, I suppose, summer episode. And I suppose while that was on, Roxy wants to go and do her her poopies, which is actually very appropriate to talk about because today our show is actually sponsored by our good friends over at Muttmans Island. And Muttmans Island aren't just a dog bag, they're Muttmish. So very easy to to use, very hygienic. You put your hand into the bag and it forms a mitt at the bottom of the bag. Uh, the products are really, really, I suppose, fantastic. I've been using them for years and you, they come in... Not sure if Kieran uh, over at Montmel still does the pink bags. He used to do pink bags. I funny thing they could be gone, uh, but he the packets do come in two hundred packs, and he also does a lot of commercial products. You might have seen his stuff around. You might have seen his bags in, depending on what county you're in. A lot of councils do use them, and I. I live by these bags for the simple reason they're very hygienic. I have not got any sort of dog shite on my hand since I started using them. So keep an eye out for Muppets. And if you want to order your Muppets, uh, please remember to go to MuppetsIsland.ie. Even order, see if you do one order, and you'll probably go back again. I guarantee, actually, I guarantee you, you'll go back again. But yeah. That is Muppets Island, our sponsors for this week, and Muppets, better than a bag. So, that's really, that's pretty much all we have time for today. Uh, like I said, a nice short show today, so uh, I think at this point now, I need to go take Roxy, Bruno and Millie off for the walk, because she's getting very, very, very hyper, and she's going absolutely cray-cray, and Roxy, you Roxy, woof. She's, as you can hear, Roxy's now growling at me. And Millie has arrived. Millie has arrived over to say hello to me. Uh, well, look, I think I'll leave it that for today because. We have a crazy doggy, and now there's a lot of noise being made in the background here. So it's going to get hard to hear me shortly. Millie's tail is absolutely battering my Zoom recording console here. So I also think that's going to probably go flying in the next five minutes. But, and that we have for this week. And I'd like to thank my guests, Samantha and Ashley, for being on. For all the great advice that they gave today. And we will have them both back again next week as well. And next week we'll be talking a bit about, uh, I suppose, our choices and dogs. And we'll be talking about behavior, puppy behavior in particular. Because this one right here next to me is lovely little puppy, Roxy, who pretends that she's the best doggy in the world. But, my God, she's hard work. Say this every week that she's hard work, but we love her. We do love her. But we'll be talking about puppy behavior in... In general. And if you have any questions that you want asked to either 
Samantha or Ashley, do let us know. We'll be more than happy to get those questions in front of them. And, well, as always, that's pretty much the end of the show for today. And thank you to Roxy for not destroying the house while I was recording. Thank you for Millie for not knocking over my console when she was wagging her tail like crazy five minutes ago. And Bruno for always being the best boy. And, like I said, thanks to our guests as well. If you want to find out more about The Big Bark, go over to thebigbark.ie. We have a brand new website launched, so you'll find everything that you need to know there. Nice, fast website too. Loads very, very quickly. And great to see it loading so quickly. Hosted on a great platform as well. So it's really... A really good website. Uh, also, you probably don't give a crap about like websites or anything. Uh, so, it's also, let's see, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on TikTok, we're on Patreon. So, get on over, you'll find us at the Big Bear Podcast on most of those. And get on over, you'll find lots of behind the scenes videos on TikTok especially. With Roxy being an absolutely little scoundrel of a rogue. And Millie doing some crazy things like barking at donkeys and Bruno. Well, I think I have one of Bruno knocking me over. So, yeah, there's lots of behind-the-scenes stuff that happens there. And that's it for today. Thanks again to our sponsors as well. Mutmets Ireland, uh, Better Than a Bag. And great to have them behind us on the show. And if you are interested in sponsoring any of our episodes, uh, it helps to pay for the coffee. Uh, I really, really need to put up with Roxy. And only messing Roxy. But it, it does help to fund the show and keep the show going because there are costs involved and this is all voluntary. But, yep, that is, that is it. And listen, uh, we're the Big Bear Podcast bringing all the K9 news to you. And we'll see you next week. It's the Big Bark with the latest of the canines The Big Bark, all the doggiest headlines With your hosts, Dara, Millie, Roxy and Bruno They're the kind of dogs that you know It's time to talk about health, nutrition, training Talk with canine professionals, owners and dogs It's the Big